Hi, I want to welcome you to Diddy Drive Time Devotions. This is Pastor Tom Holliday, and I have with me here my friend Mushi. We'd like to bring you greetings from Rwanda. Yes, hello. I'm Mushi Ernest from DDC Destiny Church, Divine Destiny Church from Rwanda. I love to God because God saved me in 2005. Uh, that's when I received my salvation, and I was in a bad situation committing sins. I was uh, angry to God, but now I'm a saved guy. I love God too. Um, and even now, God is trying to lift me from uh, different bad situations. So I'm now good. Thank you. That is a great testimony. We're talking this week about being a child of God, and that is what Mushi was just talking about, how when we're a child of God, it changes everything. We are in day three of our look through 1 John chapter 5, verses 13 to 18 today. And the sounds that you hear in the background today are uh, a church that is worshiping right next door. You may also hear the rain on the rooftop. may not be as easy to hear my words this week, but I'm hopeful that in this setting, there's something about God's word that speaks clearly and powerfully to you and I about love. Today, as we look this third day, verses 13 to 18, as we look at these verses, we begin a look at what these verses in 1 John chapter 5 have to say about assurance some things that you can know in your life. How can you know that you have eternal life? How can you know that the life of God is yours? How can you know for sure that you're a child of God? In these verses, John gives us absolute assurances, six of them. We're going to look at the first three today and then look at three more tomorrow. God's assurances for your life. How do I know that I have eternal life? What assurances does God give me that I am his child? Assurance number one, the assurance that believing leads to life, eternal life. Verse 13, I write these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God so that you may know that you have eternal life. Eternal, that's the Greek word aenos, which means God's life, the kind of life that only God can give to us. Now, you look at this and you think, well, just because I asked, just because I believed, just because I started, a journey of faith, I have eternal life? No, it's not just because you asked. It's just because you asked in God's will. It's just because you asked based on the cross of Christ that Jesus Christ died for you. It's just because you asked based on the resurrection of God. It's not by your energy or even by your prayer power that you were saved. That prayer was just recognizing what God had already done. So this is why you can know that you have eternal life. You've asked, you've believed, you've trusted. And just as you can know when you sit down in a chair that has held you before that it's trustworthy, it'll hold you again, you can know that when you trust in the Son of God, He is trustworthy and you will have eternal life. There's a second assurance in these verses for the child of God. There's the assurance that prayers in God's name will be answered. Listen to verses 14 and 15. This is the confidence. This is all about assurance, so there's that word, confidence. This is the confidence that we have in approaching God, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have what we have asked from him. If we ask according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears, he's going to answer. He is a loving father. Now, notice these verses talk about asking according to the will of God. And then if I'll do that, there is this 
this confidence that comes in my life. That word confidence there is the word parousia. It came originally from the idea of a freedom of speech. And we talked about this earlier in 1 John 5, that the greatest freedom of speech in anybody's life is the freedom of speech that comes when I have the freedom to ask before my Heavenly Father what I need from Him. There's no greater freedom of speech. Oh, it may seem like freedom of speech to say your opinion about some political thing that's going on, but the greatest freedom of speech is what God has done in our lives and what we can ask of Him because what God's done. And here is that freedom of speech. Here is the confidence that we have before God, that if I ask in His will, He hears. Now, how do I know if it's God's will? You know it's God's will by asking. When you begin to talk to God about the needs in your life, He'll let you know whether you're asking for a selfish need or you're asking in His will. You know it's His will by asking. And then you search His Word, and then you talk to people. But it begins by asking. You think, I'm, a, I'm afraid to ask. It may not be God's will. You don't have to be afraid. God's not going to give you something that would hurt your life or hurt other people's lives. He answers prayers that bless your life and bless other people's lives. So you ask. And he will show you his will. And then as you grow in Christ, many, many, many of the prayers you pray will be directly in the will of God. And because of that, God will answer those prayers. That's a confidence that you can have. Now, I hope that you're taking advantage of that confidence. I have to admit that I don't always take advantage of that confidence. I don't always talk to God as often as I should. Put my confidence in his will. If there's something you're worried about right now, put your confidence in him. Prayers in God's name will be answered. And then there's a third assurance in these verses, the assurance that anyone born of God does not continue in sin, that you don't live a lifestyle of sin, a practice of sin, that it gives you a new life. Now, we're going to get to that verse in a minute, but before that, let me review what I would consider to be the most difficult to understand verses in 1 John. As we read through these, we're going to come back and explain what they mean in just a minute. Verse 16 to 18. If anyone sees his brother commit a sin that does not lead to death, he should pray and God will give him life. I refer to those whose sin does not lead to death. There is a sin that leads to death. I'm not saying that he should pray about that. All wrongdoing is sin, and there is sin that does not lead to death. We know that anyone born of God does not continue in sin. There's the assurance. The one who was born of God keeps him safe, and the evil one cannot harm him. Now, in just a moment, we're going to get to that assurance that you don't have a lifestyle of sin if you're a believer. But before we get to that assurance, here are these verses about sin not leading to death and sin leading to death. What is he saying? He says if there's a sin not leading to death, you can pray, and God will give a person life. If there is a sin that is leading to death, there is such a sin. He wouldn't have talked about it if there wasn't such a thing. He's saying don't pray about that one. What is he saying here? Well, just to show you how difficult this is to understand, as you read through the commentaries, there are seven basic suggestions about what this could mean. Some people say that it's sin punishable by death, by the courts. Other people say it's sin that God visits with death. That's the sin unto death. Other people say it's sins by which people are put out of the church. Some say it's sins committed after you were baptized. I don't agree with that, but some people say that. Other people say that there is no forgiveness for some kinds of sins. Again, I don't agree with that. Some people say that there's no forgiveness for denying Jesus and who he is, and that's what's talking about here. Other people say this is referring to blasphemy against the Holy Spirit. What is this sin which leads to death? I believe that these verses are about physical death. They're not about spiritual death. They're about physical death. And it's talking about the fact that there are some who commit sins, that because of those sins, God's going to judge them with physical death. 
Now, I, I can't always know when that's going to be, but God does. God does understand. And when I pray for someone, and maybe they're a believer who's gotten far away from God, and God decides to take them home rather than leave them here to be an example against Christ instead of for Christ, then I leave that in the hands of God. I trust that in the hands of God. But if you're like me, I can't always know, is it a sin leading to death or not? So pray about all sins that people are committing. Pray about all struggles that people are going through because of the sin in their life. And as you pray about those, there will be many times when God will answer and somebody will be rescued from physical death because of your prayers. Uh, I'm, I'm going to be amazed, and I think you are too, when we get to heaven to see the power of some of our prayers and what they did in people's lives that we never understood. If you have a brother in Christ or a sister in Christ who's struggling and they're falling away and you see their life going downhill, pray for them and God might rescue them. We're going to talk about that again as we go through this First John chapter 5. Then he ends this by saying, but for those who know Christ, I want you to know that there's no such thing as spiritual death because you know Christ. The one who was born of God keeps him and the evil one cannot touch him. Spiritual death cannot be brought into the life of a believer of Christ. Why? Because of this assurance, the assurance that we have eternal life, the assurance that prayers in Jesus' name will be answered, and this final assurance that those who are born of God have a new life that's given to them by God. And that life's going to shine in this world and all the way into eternity. Now these verses, 1 John chapter 5, are difficult ones to understand, but they are also verses that give us deep assurance. And that's how I want to end as we talk to Jesus together. Jesus, thank you for your assurance. There are so many things that we look at that could cause us to feel less than confident about our faith. But I pray that instead of looking at the world around us or looking at the temptations that come within us, that Jesus, we would look at you. And as I look at you, I see confidence. I see life. I see faith. I see hope. And so I put my faith and my confidence in you. I trust in you, Jesus, right now. Help me to live out a life of confident faith, not because of who I am, but because of who you are. And I ask this, Jesus, because I love you. I ask this in your name. Amen. Well, join us tomorrow. We're going to talk about three more assurances for our life of faith as a child of God in verses 19 to 21. 